Hello and welcome to Web Chat. I'm your host, Richard McDevitt, and I'm here with Noel T. Manning. And we have the pleasure today of talking to the second artist that's going to be in the new Brinkley Amphitheater. We had a great start just a little while back with Ricky Skaggs and Kentucky Thunder. And now we have the next show, which will feature Balsam Range as well as Fireside Collective. And we're going to talk to Balsam Range and folks from that band in just a few minutes. But first, these words. Have you ever felt led to advocate for others and their social service needs? Well, whether you want to help at-risk youth, serve as a substance abuse counselor assisting recovering addicts, or as an agency leader connecting people to service needs, there's many ways that you can give back to your community, and Gardner-Webb University can help you to forge your path. The Bachelor of Science in Human Services online program is led by educators, professionals, and industry leaders who offer an ever-evolving curriculum that's designed to ensure that your education keeps you competitive with the real-world needs. You will be equipped with the understanding of legal foundations and institutional regulations and be prepared to address issues of poverty, family violence, and community needs. By integrating classroom instruction and field-based experiences, this 39-credit-hour program prepares you for a future of leading others through some of their most challenging times. For more information, visit gardner-web.edu. Tim Surratt, thanks for being here. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. We're glad you're joining us. Um, you know, people uh, know Balsam Range around here. Some of the uh, newcomers even know about y'all because you're in and out of our area a lot. But could you just tell us a little bit of the Balsam Range story? How did all this get started way back in, you know, 2007? Well, we started out, um, a couple of the guys did solo albums. Uh, and I've, always, I've been a studio musician for, well, since the 80s and, uh, and Mark Pruitt as well. And, uh, Mark and I ended up playing on both of those guys' solo albums, and they did them a month or two apart in the fall of, oh gosh, 06, I guess. Yeah. And um, uh, that's Buddy Melton and Darren Nicholson both did solo records, and Mark and I ended up playing on them. And we had so much fun on both records that we decided to kind of try to combine all that and just get together and pick because we're all from the same county, uh, Haywood County. And, um, and that's what we did. And we thought, well, who can we get, uh, there's a, who's a good guitar player around here we could get. And, uh, several of us knew Caleb, uh, Smith and, and we called him and we just ended up having a big jam at the end of it. It was right before Christmas in 06. And we had such a good time that we decided, well, after the holidays, let's get together again. And we did it in January, uh, of 07. And, and, and it was really, we thought really good. And Mark Pruitt popped up and said, you know, I've got a, I got a call to do a corporate show. If you guys want to do it, let's go play some standards and stuff and have some fun. And that was the first show we ever did. We didn't have a name. We just made up a name. I can't even remember what it was <laughs> and went and, play, and went <laughs> and went and played that show. And, um, it was a big one at the Grove Park Inn. It turned out to be for John Boy and Billy's Comedy Weekend. If you remember those guys, <laughs> of course we do. Yeah. There's like, you know, 2000, people that came to hear comedians, but they loved it. So we thought this is, 
they they loved it. So we ended up, uh, um, you know, doing more and then just kind of snowball from there. And then uh, I've been in the studio record company business for years, and one of uh, one of our friends in the record business um, offered us a record deal and wanted to cut a record. So then we had to buckle down and think of a name, and that's where Balsam Range came from. Balsam mm-hmm. Range is the the mountain range that surrounds Haywood County. Uh, on the Blue Ridge Parkway, and oh. and we thought, well, that's kind of fitting for what we do. We didn't expect to get outside of Haywood County very much. So, <laughs> oh, I, 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 no, we we know that area well. I mean, I've got uh, I've got family from uh, Madison County, and my son. Oh, well, there you go. And my son lives up in Jackson County, so we we know. Oh, that good. Area well, well, yeah. Well, well, Buddy and Darren uh, both originally from Jackson County, uh, and ended up in Haywood County. And we thought, well, that was just kind of, you know, um, uh, Haywood and Jackson is separated to, to a large part by the Balsam Range. And that's we right. thought that was kind of speedy. Yeah. So that's what that's where it came from. And we cut our first album and, and uh, just, you know, uh, ended up uh, Kyle Cantor with Series XM got a hold of that record and just started wearing it out. And and that it kind of snowballed from there. That's wow. that's the that's the Reader's Digest version, really. <laughs> well, Tim, this is Noel. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate hey, you spending time with us. Uh, talk about this love of the music, bluegrass itself. Why why bluegrass? What is it about it that speaks to you and speaks to the others in the band? Well, for me personally, um, I mean, a lot of us grew up around a lot of it uh, out there in Haywood County. Uh, there, it was a huge part of our lives growing up. And, um, also for me, I, man, in the seventies, I'm pretty old in the seventies. I, I, I didn't think about playing bluegrass. I wanted to be Led Zeppelin, you know, or, <laughs> or Kansas or somebody. Hard, and, hard uh, to do that on a dobro though. Although I... Yeah. Well, or an upright bass either, but I was an electric <laughs> bass player when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but anyway, when, when, and, and not to throw off in anybody's opinion, of course, but when eighties music hit with all the synthesizers and stuff, uh, on, you know, I kind of lost interest in the popular music or whatever was going on. And, and it drove me back to bluegrass and because of the authenticity of it, to be honest, that just the, just the instruments and voices, that's all there is. And it's, and that mountain, whatever thing it is that, that resonated with me because that's where I, I, that's where I'm from and that's where I grew up. Yeah. Is that, is that the music that you all probably listened to growing up? What'd you listen to growing up? Everything or, or. Well, my dad, yeah, everything. My dad played that a lot of bluegrass and country and, um, uh, and, but he liked everything. We listened to jazz and he loved Pete Fountain. If you remember who Pete Fountain was. (laughs) The world's best, one of the world's best clarinet players. Absolutely. (laughs) There you go. He loved that Dixieland thing and just. And and then on Friday nights we might stay up all night and watch the midnight special and listen yes. Allman Brothers or Doobie Brothers. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I, you know, I uh, I spent a lot of time uh, in summers in Maggie Valley, uh, North Carolina, yeah. little place called the Stomping Ground. And, oh, I know it very well. <laughs> and uh, I would love to go there, and they'd have live music uh, on occasion as well. And and I just remember my grandfather. Uh, who just loved bluegrass and uh, every chance he would get to, to listen to it, uh, I would I would go and I would go to just to be with him, and, and the music sure. the music was a part of that as well. But uh, yeah, the stomping ground there in Haywood County, I mean, I, that's oh yeah, probably my first taste of seeing some live bluegrass. Well, I still know the guy that owns that. Uh, Kyle Edwards has owned that place for a thousand years, and uh, I still see him quite often. 
you know, there was another place called the uh, Maggie Valley Playhouse. It was huge. Yeah. Uh, there was a square dance kind of a place. Uh, it was kind of weird. I, my wife still laughs because I didn't go to the skate rink. I went to the square dance place. They had a big <laughs> band that sounded like the Osprey Square Dance Band. And, yeah. And, uh, uh, and, and that, you know, if you want to hold hands with a pretty girl, you, you went to, you either went skating or square dancing. So smart move. Yeah. Smart move. Yeah. So. I always called it a redneck skate. Ring, but, uh, and, uh, that, that but anyway, I, I, I you know, and, and that mountain clogging and stuff was such a huge part, um, of your childhood. And I danced on teams and a lot, most kids did back then. And as I came along playing the music, I ended up, you know, playing for the square dancers, which I loved. I'm, boy, I'm telling you what, that uh, that's trial by fire, man. Because every every square dance team danced like an eight minute routine, and you, you might play for ten or twenty. Or one one weekend we played for sixty five teams at eight minutes. Wow! Long. Every yeah. every one of them is like free birds. So, you know. <laughs> no, that's right. And tempo kind of matters. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. They'll tell you in a hurry. <laughs> so, so anyway, that, yeah, we did grow up. Oh, that's that. That's funny. Uh, let me ask you a question though about collaborators. You guys have, have had so many collaborators, worked with so many people over the years. The list is long. The wonderful, right. you know, Tony Rice and Joe Diffie, many, many other people like that. So tell us right. how you tell us how you find collaborators, or maybe they find you. So what what do you find interesting about all that? Well, Tony and I had been friends for many years. I played on some albums of quite a few records with him for other people, and he and I did one together years ago. And, so that was a natural thing, and uh, that also came came out of that Buddy Melton solo record. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. Because I, when Buddy started thinking about doing a record, he contacted me and he said, "Who? Let's get a band together to do this album." And we got myself and Mark Pruitt and uh, Tony Rice and Adam Steffi. Yeah, pretty and, band. <laughs> uh, yeah, it wasn't bad. It was a good day. Uh, but anyway, um, the other collaborations have kind of found us, like John Hopkins and Zach Brown. Um, those guys, uh, uh, John Driscoll Hopkins is a member of Zach Brown's band and he heard us on, uh, satellite radio singing one of our songs and he loved it and started emailing us. And we thought it was a scam, um, <laughs> to be honest, because, uh, you know, they're playing in, uh, stadiums and we're playing on flatbed trailers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so those kinds of things have, have really, it's always been fun over the years to play it. We, you know, we've collaborated with Brian Byrne who is a unbelievably well-respected uh, Irish composer and orchestra leader and stuff this, that you wouldn't think of with, that you, when it first surfaces, you're like, this ain't real, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it, it's been fun. Joe Diffie was a, a different thing and we we're proud. We got him on, on our first record before he passed away. He was one of the first COVID victims, you know? Yeah. That was sad. sad, sad. So yeah, we, we enjoy playing with other people and, uh, uh, it's always fun to do that kind of thing. Yeah, as you uh, have looked at this uh, this career that you got so far, you talked about the genesis of how you started. You talked about how it kind of came together and the serious XM uh, aspect. But you know, you've had some awards a- along the way as well. You've been recognized for for your talent. Uh, was that kind of a surreal moment when you were recognized uh, uh, by the uh, IMBA, IBMA? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely it was. Um, the first one was Song of the Year in 2011 for the song uh, Trains I Missed. 
And um, it was at the Ryman Auditorium, and Steve Martin and Sam Bush were the presenters. So, wow. yeah, it was it was surreal, all right. Wow. Uh, to even be shaking hands with those guys and standing around talking and hanging out and whatnot. Yeah, uh, it was. And it just kind of snowballed again over the, the next few years, and it's become, uh, uh, I wouldn't say a regular thing, but it's always exciting. And uh, But, yeah, it's surreal every time. Um, to win awards that you thought there is no way that we'll ever even they'll let us into the show, much less be on it, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Well, and the other thing, I, what was it? CMAs were what the last couple of nights, I how a couple of nights ago, I can't remember. And I saw this headline talking about how Americana music is now country music, and you know, look, people love categories, but, but I will, oh, yeah, but I will say that, um. Uh, you know, bluegrass music has always had a fan base, but it seems like there's more bluegrass music going on now than I ever remember before. And some of it may be because of, you used the word authentic. It's actual people playing instruments. I mean, what's yeah. that old line? It, 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 it isn't bragging if you can do it. Well, right. So, I mean. Well, it's, I think there's so much processed um, or over, I don't know. It's just opinion, of course. And I have mine for what yeah. it's worth. But I do think there's a ton of people. I look at the rise. I mean, think about outside of bluegrass now, people like Tyler Childers or Sturgill Simpson or some of yeah. those people. Yeah, yeah. That the kid with the guy that's uh, everybody's a kid to me, but the guy that's making such a splash with the big oh, song about the rich. Oh, oh Oliver. Guys that, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. An authenticity to those voices, all of those. Yeah. That resonate with people who's like, you know, I'm not sure I want to hear dirt road flatbed, you know, yeah, right. the, the I'm country or than you are kind of stuff, Yeah, you know, and, and, and that's, I'm one of those. I, I love country music, but I love, uh, you know, Merle Hager and Conway Twitty and Ray Price and Marty Robbins and, yeah. and, and Patsy Cline and Dolly, those kinds yeah. of people. There's, uh, it's radio for the rest of us. I kind of feel like. Yeah. Interesting stuff. So, Given all that in a you know a seventeen year career, all the changes and all the places you've been, what do you think keeps you guys playing together as a band? Is it audiences? Is it new music? Is it the what is it that? Because that's a long time to keep traveling it and is. doing and traveling and doing. It is, and 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 honestly, since uh, the pandemic came along, you know, three years ago or whatever it was, we we don't travel as much as we used to. We for the first time in our lives, we got used to being at home. And, um, yeah. that was, that was a different thing. But for me, it's, it's audience. When you hook in with an audience and you're all together, you're laughing together and the music's uh, affecting everybody. That's the best. And, um, you know, I've seen a lot of the country or the most of it. Uh, so, uh, but, but, but making friends in, and making new music and, and, uh, seeing your music that's as homegrown as it can be affect people in a positive way. Is still still exciting to us. Yeah, you've talked a couple times about musical changes. You talked about uh, the '80s pop music and that pop rock yeah. that turned into the kind of that synthesizer based, uh, the MTV right. generation. Uh, and then you talked about country music and how that's changed as well. Do, do you feel that bluegrass has stayed kind of authentically bluegrass? What, where do you feel there are changes, or, or do you feel it's still? Oh yeah. Well, bluegrass is such a big word as far as it's, you know, what is that old, old phrase, big tent, I guess? Yeah. Because you've got everything from uh, 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 super ultra t- traditional people who who wouldn't walk across this parking lot to hear Billy Strings or Molly Tuttle. But you've got, I think those people are, you know, Billy Strings, Molly Tuttle, Allison Krauss prior to that. 
Yeah. I think those people are responsible for bringing in this new dearth of fans that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I think at Bluegrass, just uh, from what I've witnessed over the years, and I've talked about this with like uh, Woody Platt or some of those guys with the Steve Canyon Rangers because we're neighbors. Yeah. You get into Bluegrass because of somebody like Tony Rice or in, you know, modern terms, Billy Strings or somebody like that. And you then you start going backwards. Yeah. You know, what, what What made Tony Rice want to do this? Well, okay, there's Clarence White. Okay, there's whatever before that. And next thing you know, you're listening to Bill Monroe or Ralph Stanton. Or loving it. Or, and that's what happened to me, and I think a lot of people are that way. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You start tracing it back, and now you start wondering exactly. who's got – then you start wondering who's got Clarence White's Telecaster, and you find out that it's uh, Marty Stewart. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. sure. Yeah, right. I've seen that guitar close-up. It's pretty amazing. It is amazing. It is amazing, yeah. So, but, yeah, I think that's a big part of it. Yeah. Well, talk. We're trying to be respectful of your time too. So, talk. Talk to us for a minute. You all started this thing called Art of Music Festival, uh, and, yeah. and it looks pretty amazing. And you've got uh, the oh, I don't know. It's been going on for years now, but the next one's coming up in December, uh, beginning of the yeah. month. How did that all yeah. get started? And how do you how do you sustain that? Well, I tell you, it was, it's fun. It's fun, and uh, uh, we started out years ago. Um, in our little hometown of Canton, North Carolina, up there in Haywood County, there's a beautiful old theater, the Colonial Theater. And we started putting on what we call a winter concert series. And, and from like uh, December through about April, we would have one one show a month and invite people that we admired and respected and really loved music and would bring them to Canton for our people, you know, people we wanted to expose them to. That's yeah. great shows. But they, they started, they sold out. Everyone of them we ever had sold out. And people would start fussing. It seated about 320-some people. And people would fuss. Well, the same people are seeing the shows that we can't get in. So we decided to have one big festival weekend about seven or eight years ago. And and that's just the name that we came up with, the Boston Range Art of Music, because it's not all bluegrass by any stretch. Um, so that started, and, and and we could get the people that, that wanted to come in, and people come from out of state. It's, it's a beautiful indoor facility that's, that looks like you're outside um, and that kind of thing and, uh, on Lake Junaluska. And it's just, us, it, you know, we always have a great lineup of people that we respect and, and that we want our, our home folks to hear. And, and it's worked out beautifully. Um, uh, this year we have John Cowan coming, who I, I saw last night with the Doobie Brothers of all things. Yeah. Yep. Uh, John Cowan, the Cleverleys, uh, our oh, friend, sister, sister Sadie, yeah. uh, whom we love. And uh, uh, the Atlanta Pops Orchestra comes up from Georgia and always plays a big, long set with Balsam Ring. So wow. uh, uh, Raw Box, Trey Hensley, it's a, it's a big it's a big to-do, and we're really looking forward to it. That's exciting. That's exciting stuff. So you're, you're going to be here. We're so thrilled to have you guys next Saturday night here at the Brinkley Amphitheater. Uh, we've only had one other show. We got uh, Ricky Skaggs in there to break the place in for you. So we're uh, Oh, that's good style, yeah. yeah. So we're all ready for you. Uh, what can we expect? What's kind of in the set list these days for y'all? Uh, just, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, my philosophy is uh, we've had 40 number ones play the hits, man. <laughs> but <laughs> but we do uh, we do have a new album that's going to come out at our festival, so we've got three or four of those that we're playing already and excited to, to, to play and uh, for folks, and that, that's a that's always a lot of fun to start working up new stuff. Yeah. 
Well, you know, the crowd, I think, is going to be excited to see you. We've got Fireside Collective opening up, and they're they're. Oh, I love fun. those guys. Yeah, they're, they're. Yeah, they are great players. Tommy, I love his Dobro playing. They're just they're just a good band. Period. Uh, it's exciting, man. We look forward to look forward to getting there and doing it. It's going to be a good good night for sure. Well, thanks so much for spending some time with us, Tim. And uh, you guys have safe travels, and we'll see you soon. All right, man. See you next week. Thank y'all for having me. We'd like to thank uh, Tim Surrett for joining us right here on Web Chat. Uh, Richard McDevitt, uh, I'm Noel Manning. We've, we've had a blast, and we're looking forward to that show uh, coming up at the Brinkley Amphitheater on November 18th. That's Saturday, November 18th. We've got a football game that day, Richard. Yeah, we do. And then after that is the concert. So what, what time are you thinking the concert's going to be uh, taking place? Doors will open at 4, and the first band starts at 5 o'clock. That'll be Fireside Collective. And we expect that Balsam Range will be on stage somewhere around 6.15. So two great bands. Uh, tickets are available. Uh, you can go to the Gardner Web website and just search on Amphitheater and click on Brinkley Amphitheater, and there'll be a link right there to go buy your tickets. So they're general admission tickets. It was a beautiful venue for the Skaggs concert, and people should come out and join us. Yeah, we, we invite you to come and spend time with us and also invite you to listen to any of our podcasts, uh, however you choose to do that, whatever platform you're comfortable with, uh, you can find us. Uh, just search for Gardner Web Podcast uh, for part of our network. We do appreciate you uh, spending the time with us, however you choose to do that uh, for Web Chat. Uh, and for Richard McDevitt, I'm Noel T. Manning II, and we'll chat with you next time.